0: We're going to continue on our series this morning entitled Identity. Been emphasizing the last several weeks the importance of having our identity established as who we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. It's so important that we discover who we are, understand who we are, and continually remind ourselves who we are. We can never allow uh, spiritual amnesia to take over. You know, amnesia is a very... uh, unpleasant circumstance that happens to some people. And it's a, you know, it's a medical condition, which uh, a person comes to a place where they no longer remember names. They no longer remember people. They no longer remember their own lives, even their own families and their own birth dates and their own address and so forth. And they don't remember their past. You know, some of you may be sitting here thinking, hmm, Having my whole thing wiped out sounds pretty appealing, right? (laughs) But uh, we don't have to have amnesia to have the whole thing taken care of. We have Jesus. Amen? Amen. And we have the cross. And the cross has spoken and telling us that we are forgiven, So don't get uh, stuck on that spiritual amnesia where you forget who your family is. You you forget that you're a child of God. You forget that you have been forgiven. Uh, Just uh, recognize that uh, you have been forgiven through Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior. And you do have an identity. People with amnesia don't even know their own identity. But you have an identity, and it's in Christ. It's in Christ. And I, I just found it interesting in the last several weeks and, and putting this uh, series together and just, you know, it just made me more conscious of, of many of the songs that have been written lately. And even many of them that we're singing here, right here in the, the church, how many of them have to do with uh, just stating. If you look at the lyrics in the songs, I have a lot of them just really verbalizing and stating who we are in Christ. That the cross has spoken, we are forgiven, no longer a child of. You know, I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. You know, reminding ourselves that we're not uh, uh, to, to give in to all the things that the enemy is throwing at us and try to get us confused and, and try to uh, get us, cause us to forget who we are as born-again children of God. Because when we forget who we are as born-again children of God, we forget the privileges that we have. We forget the, the, the authority that we have. And, 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 and we just sell ourselves way short of what we could be and should be accomplishing. You know, we have a purpose in life. We have a purpose in life. When you got saved, it wasn't just so you could go to heaven. That's the end result of salvation. We are going to go to heaven, but we are born again, children of God, and we remain here on the earth to do kingdom work, to be in partnership with God. We are his hands and his feet. We're his mouthpiece. But uh, when when we don't know that and we don't have our identity, then we're not hooking up with it and we're not doing what we should be doing. And so... I think instinctively we all want to know who we are, we all want to know what our purpose in life is, and we all want to know uh, exactly what we should be putting our focus to. Uh, That's been proven some years ago, it's probably more than 20 years ago now when Rick Warren wrote the book on Purpose Driven Life. I forget the number of sales, but it was just broke records, just out of out of this world. Just the record sales of that particular book in many different languages are just just incredible, and just shows that people really wanted to uh, really want to understand what my purpose in life is, and what who to identify with, and 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 what is my purpose. I shared with you last Sunday morning from the there's a story in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers It's found. Uh, this particular story is found in. Part of the story, in Numbers chapter 13, it's when Moses was instructed by God to send 12 spies into the promised land to spy out the promised land and, and to see whether it be a good land, whether it's some land that flows with milk and honey, and bring, us back, a good, bring back a good report of the land. And so Moses appointed 12 spies. Each one was a leader of the 12 different tribes of Israel. So a leader from each tribe was appointed, and they sent them into the promised land, and they spied out the land that God said, I am giving you. Make a note of that. God said, I am giving to you. Go check it out. I'm giving this to you. Go look at it. Don't forget, God said, I'm giving it to you. So they go check out the land, and they're all excited about the land. They, they verified that when they came back that, yes, absolutely, it's a great land. There's a lot of opportunity in the land. There's, it's, it's, it's a flourishing land. There's, it's flowing with milk and honey, and they brought back some of the fruit of the land, and there was this, it was really awesome. But they said, uh, we're not able to go in and take it because of the giants in the land. There are giants in the land. And the cities are great, and there are great walls. And there's giants in the land. And a uh, matter of fact, in verse 33 of Numbers 13, they made this statement when they brought back the report. They said that the giants are there. These giants are so big that we looked like grasshoppers in our own sight. The marginal reference in my Bible says we we just appeared like insects. We appeared like insects in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. because how you see yourself is how other people will begin seeing you because how you see yourself is how you conduct yourself. How you see yourself is how you begin to talk about yourself. How you see yourself determines what you are saying about what you can do or what you, or what you can't do. And so you start talking like that. And so the, the, the ten spies... Two of the spies kept it positive, uh, Joshua and Caleb, and they're the only two that ended up going into the promised land. So the, uh, uh, going in and spying out the land that God said, I am giving this to you, but yet they never received it. Now, did God lie about it when he said, I'm going to give it to you? Or did they mess up somewhere? I have a sneaky suspicion that it wasn't on God's end where the whole thing fell apart. I always, I'm always humble enough to realize that, you know, God, you really, you know, I, I, I'm never one of those that says, God, you really screwed this up. I'm humble enough to say, God, I really screwed this up. You know, like, help me get it straight. Help me get it right. But anyway, they despise saying we are as grasshoppers, that view of themselves, the way they identified themselves as mere insects was the beginning The beginning of 40 years of wandering in a wilderness that they could have walked through. And I think the history tells us that they could have walked through that in 11 days, had had taken a direct pilgrimage and just kept going by faith each day. They could have arrived in the promised land in 11 days. But they kept circling around for 40 years in doubt and unbelief, feeling like, yeah, God said I'm going to give it to you, but I don't think it's possible. They identified themselves as not being able to do and to capture and to overtake what God's promise I'm going to give to you. Now, before we get too hard on the spies and think, well, that's ridiculous that they saw themselves as mere insects. Who would ever see themselves as a mere insect? I submit to you that a large part of the body of Christ There are verses in the Bible such as Matthew 19 and 26 that tells us that all things are possible to him that believes. What do you do with a verse like that? What do you do with that? All things are possible to him that believes. But with God, all things are possible. Say that with me. Say, with God, all things are possible. Now, we have to ask ourselves, is that just a nice platitude? Or does it really have a meaning in our lives? Do we really believe that? Or do we look at a verse like that? Well, you know, with God, all things are possible. Well, I see that and I hear that, but I'm, I don't know if God's going to do it through me. I'm just a mere insect. I'm, I'm too small. I'm too insignificant. What are we doing with it? How do you identify with a verse like that? Probably a more popular verse is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. What are you doing with that verse? Is it, is it true or is it not true? Is it real or is it not real? Do I identify with it or do I back away from it and say, well, I know it's a Bible verse and I know it's in the Word of God, but... Again, I just don't measure up. I'm just a mere insect. Well, the spies that Moses sent in, they heard from God, God saying, go in and check it out. I am giving it to you. So that was a promise from God. I am giving it to you. All they had to do was believe God and act on it. These verses are promises from God's word. But with God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. So what promises from God's word do we as children of God who we claim to be Christians, which means we are Christ-like, we are Christ followers, we are born again children of the most high God, what, which of his promises are we not even, are we not even uh, envisioning ourselves or what can we not identify with because of some faulty identification of our own lives? a faulty perception of who we are as Christ, we allow so many of the promises of God's word. God promised to supply your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Is that true or is it not true? God said that his love has been deposited into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, is his love in your heart or is it not in your heart? And if indeed it's in your heart, that means you have the ability to forgive. You have the ability to walk in love. You have the ability to be an imitator of God and to walk in love, even as Jesus Christ walked in love and forgave us. And he forgave us while we were yet in our sins. That means we can forgive people while they are yet offending us and they have not yet apologized for having offended us. That means we can do that because we have the love of God in our heart because the Bible says so. Now, do we identify with that? Or when we get offended, we say, well, that's not really true. I know the Bible says that, but, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like a mere insect here. As a matter of fact, I want to be an insect. I want to be a pestilent fellow here for a while. And I want to pest the daylights out of this person who has offended me. I want to be a mosquito with a vile niris in me, not just a regular mosquito. I mean, I want <laughs> whatever, I said that wrong, didn't I? I didn't say something right. But anyway, <laughs> I want to be a pestilent fellow <laughs> to the ones that offend me. But the Bible says his love is in me. Am I identifying with his love or am I not identifying with it? You know, who do we identify with? And, and we, we want to get to a place where our identity is based on the word of God. We don't have elective amnesia. That doesn't apply to me. I don't remember that, and uh, I can't remember this or I can't remember that. No, you know who you are. You're a born-again child of God, no longer a slave to fear. You are a child of God. Amen? Amen? You are who God says you are. Even when you don't feel love, God's Word says you are loved. And things don't seem to be going your way. God is with you. He's for you. So understand that. So this faulty identity, again, being the beginning of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, can we be honest enough with ourselves and say, what is keeping me, what is causing me all this wandering around and not making any progress, not not making progress in, in any particular area of my life? What's keeping me from it? I want to challenge you this morning with this verse in Hebrews chapter 4, if you turn there with me. We'll get back to that other one later, 2 Corinthians, but look at this one. In Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 2. Now, the end of chapter 3 is talking about the children of Israel and the failure of the wilderness wanderings and basically just making it clear that they wandered in the wilderness because they, they, they became hard-hearted. They became stiff-necked. They wouldn't allow God to lead them. They didn't get in because of their unbelief. Then in, in chapter 4, in the second verse, it says, For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Notice they heard the word. They heard from God. God said, go in and look at the land. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. God made a promise. I'm giving it to you. But they didn't get in because of their unbelief. So, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Notice when you hear the word of God, when you hear the promises of God, when you're reading your Bible and you're receiving the word of God, that is information, and you need to allow that information coming into your life. You need to allow it to just penetrate your soul, your mind, and you meditate on it, you reflect on it, you let your mind be renewed by it, and your, your life ends up being transformed by it, and, 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 and you put corresponding action to it. God said, I'm giving you the land. Go spy. Go check it out and bring back a report, and we'll all, we'll all go in and we'll take our possession." But most of them didn't get in there. They didn't get their possession because of unbelief. You know, it says they did not mix faith with it. So when you come across Matthew 19, 26, where it says, with men it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Put faith with that. Mix faith with it. Say, well, if God said all things are possible, I'm going to mix faith with that. faith. Is is believing God's word, then acting on his word, not just just mentally agreeing with it, but in your heart you believe it and you are acting on it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the Holy Spirit is leading you. You have a promise from God's word. You you, You have a leading from God in your life. You have a dream. You have a goal. Your dreams or your goals as students may be to finish high school and get into the college of your choice. That you, I say, your choice. Assume believing that it's the Holy Spirit's leading you. This is this is God's direction for your life. This is God's direction for your life. Well, if this is God's direction for your life, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then we then we get together with with the. Uh, the authorities that be, the moms and the dads, and, and uh, we, we figure things out and we can take a look at it. And, but the bottom line is that this is, where this is where God is leading. This is where God is directing. And if this is where God is leading, this is where God is directing. God is providing because he said he would supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I'm going to take steps of faith. I'm going to enroll. I fully anticipate being accepted, and I fully anticipate having every need met. Amen. So that may work for college. It may, it, it, it does work for college. Not just may work for that, but it'll work in every area that God is leading you into. God is leading you places. The whole idea of being a Christian and walking by faith and not by sight is that, you know, we don't know how the, what the next day, how it's going to unfold. We don't know where the provision's coming from, but we, we are trusting God. We're trusting God. We're believing God. And there's so many areas that we are in a position, we have such prosperity in our our culture today that we need to, to learn to get settled in on it, thank God for it, but then also realize, okay, I'm not worried about what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow morning. I know what I'm having, and I'm not worried about where it's coming from. It's already there. It's already in the refrigerator and in the cabinet. Matter of fact, I'm not worried about lunch today nor dinner tonight. I'm not worried about it. But you know, there's many people that after they have whatever they have for breakfast, are not sure what's going to be for dinner. And they're not sure what's going to be for breakfast the next day. They believe God for everything. They, they are believing God for the elementary principles that we are taking for granted. Now, I'm not advocating that we just need to strip ourselves of all of this and just become poor and, and so that we can identify with the poor, but we need to learn to accept the fact, okay, God has blessed us. We are blessed. We know what we're eating. We know where, I know where I'm sleeping. I'm not worried about what I'm wearing tomorrow. I'm not worried about any of it. I'm not concerned about how I'm getting from point A to point B. I'm not worried about that. I know how it's going to happen. So I don't even have to be applying faith to those areas. I'm identifying with that. I have been blessed. God has blessed me, but there are still more things that need to be done. There's still a kingdom of heaven that, is, that is, uh, has come to earth and that needs to be expanded. There's more people need to be reached. And how can I be reaching people? How can I be reaching people? How can I be doing what God wants me to do? How can I follow the career path that God has placed me, that, that, that my heart and uh, through God is pointing me toward? How am I going to do that? Are you Are going to do it by faith? You're going to mix faith with what you heard. You're going to mix faith with what you've been seeing in your mind's eye, in your heart's desire that God has given you. You've seen a promise, and you heard a promise from God. Say, I'm going to give this to you. Here's a promise, Lane. Go check it out. I'm going to give it to you. And then believe it. And don't allow the enemy to talk you out of it. Don't allow faulty identification. So yes, I know God said that. Yes, I know that God is good. Yes, I know that God is not a liar, but, no, you just missed it. Just keep the butt out of it. God is good. God is not a liar. God has made his promises. I am going to, by faith, I'm going to identify as a child of God, no longer a slave to fear. I'm going to identify with his promises, and I'm not going to allow faulty perception of myself. The devil lying to me is telling me I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I don't have faith enough. You do have faith. The Bible tells us that he has given every believer a measure of faith. So you have the faith. You have the promise. Remember who you are. Don't allow the amnesia to take over and say, well, I just don't have any faith. Yes, you do. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a measure of faith from Almighty God. Romans chapter 12 tells us that. Amen. So reminding ourselves, we are people of faith. We are mixing faith with the word of God. We're not like the children of old that didn't get into the promised land. Even though they heard the word, they became hard-hearted, stiff-necked, and they didn't mix faith with it. And so we have to learn to uh, continue to walk with God and to believe God and not to... and, 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 and not. Just allow the promises to be reduced to platitudes that have no bearing on our lives whatsoever. Do not allow faulty identification, exempt you from God's promises. Let's take healing for example. If there's any area that faulty, that a faulty identification robs people of receiving their miracle healing from God, it's in the area of healing. So many times when it comes to people needing a healing, they buy into a false perception, a false identification that I'm not worthy. I deserve this. I, was, I abused my body. I did this and I did that. I shouldn't, have done, I shouldn't have done the things that I've done, and now I'm paying for it. And many times it's spiritual leaders responsibility because they tell people, well, you're going to have to suffer the consequences. Really? You're going to reap what you sow. Really? Where's this grace and mercy come in at that we were talking about and singing about? I'm just as guilty as anyone. I can... I can be judgmental against myself. I can be judgmental towards other people and say, well, you know, you did this and now you can just expect the consequences. Well, where's the, where, where does the, the mercy of God, the grace of God, where, do, where does the healing provision of God come in at? You know, when I Read the word of God, it tells me, starting in Isaiah chapter 53, the redemption chapter, that he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Matthew picks it up in Matthew 8, verse 17, and First Peter two twenty-four picks it up again, says by his stripes we were healed. Now, were we healed or were we not healed? Did he pay for the price? Did he pay the price for your healing at Calvary's cross, like he paid the price for your salvation at Calvary's cross, like the Bible tells us he did? Or salvation is fine. And when it comes to salvation, no matter what you've done, when you repent and you ask Jesus Christ to save you, we have no problem with that. Yet yeah, he'll save you. Thank God he'll save you. And you're forgiven and you become a new person in Jesus Christ. All old things are washed away, and behold, all things become new, except all the bad things you did to your body. You're still going to pay the price for those. You see how people get their identification? We get our identification mixed up. Say, well, I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve to go to hell, and you deserve to go to hell. But we're not going there, because God, in his mercy and in his great love, sent his son Jesus Christ from heaven to earth to go to the cross and to shed his blood to forgive us of all of our sin yes. isn't that good news yes it is isn't that good news second corinthians 5:17 says when we have received him as our lord and savior we become a new person we receive a new identity what do they call that in law when the fbi gets you to work for them you, they give you a new identity there's a name for it but Witness protection plan. So we are all under the witness protection plan. You think you know who I am, but you really don't. (laughs) You have no idea. You have no idea who I really am. I've been given a brand new identity. You think I'm Raymond Souter, Cincinnati, the the parents of Ivan and Esther. That's what you think. (laughs) If you only knew. If you only knew. Well, guess what? A lot of people may think they know who you are, and they remember who you were, but you're someone brand new now. You've been given a brand new identity in Jesus Christ. Old things, all old. Everyone say all old. All the old is washed away, and behold, all things were made brand new. Brand new. Witness protection. Don't be, you be lying to me. Don't you be telling me I don't deserve it. I do deserve to be healed. I do deserve to have my needs met. I do deserve to have the mind of Christ. I do deserve to hear from God, to be led by the Holy Spirit. I do deserve to be able to pursue the dreams and the visions that God has put into my heart. Like the psalmist said, he gives you the desires of your heart. I believe God gives us our heart's desires. And when he gives us our heart's desires, then we can trust him to fulfill those desires. And you students, you can get to the schools of your choices because God is leading you. God is directing you. God is giving you that passion. As adults, you can continue to reach dreams because God gives you those dreams. And then he says, I'm giving it to you. Go, go check it out. Go, go research it. Go spy out the lane. Go look at it. Get a vision for it and, and continue to believe me that you can do this. You can do this. So don't allow any faulty identity to rob you of God's blessings for your life. Healing for your body. You deserve to be healed. Look at your neighbor and say, you deserve to be well. well. Amen. You deserve to be well. That's it. Well, Pastor Ray, you know, they smoked for the last 15 years, the last 50 years, the last... Don't get me started. (laughs) They did this for so many years. They did this for so many years. They don't deserve to be healed. I have a newsflash. When Jesus said, you shall not judge, he meant it. He meant it. And guess what? When he said, I shall not judge, he also meant don't judge. Don't judge yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Don't give yourself a faulty identification. Judge yourself in the light of God's word and come into alignment with his word. Amen. And be free. Just get free. Get free to be blessed. Get free to be healed. Free. In Jesus' name. Your identity is one as being in Jesus Christ. You are free in Jesus. And the Apostle Paul put it, that, uh, put it this way, maybe fits better. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm a slave of Christ. I'm no longer a slave to fear or a slave to sin. I'm now a slave to Christ. I'm now a slave to righteousness. I'm enslaved to it. Meaning everything's taken care of. Everything is provided in, in Jesus Christ. So which of God's promises are you missing out on? Which of God's promises have you dismissed? You've dismissed it. For some faulty perception in your mind, it's just coming up and saying, this is faulty. This is faulty. We, the, you know, we, it's not computing. It's not computing. Healed. How can I be healed? I... Did thus and so. How can I be healed? I'm not worthy to be healed. How can I be so blessed by the Lord? I'm not worthy to be blessed. How can I, be so, how can I receive so much grace and mercy from God? I don't deserve it. Uh, no, you don't. That's why it's called grace and mercy. But how can this happen? It's not going to happen in our own fleshly mind. But when we get into the word of God... And we begin to persuade ourselves of our new identity. And we say, persuade myself. Here's your homework assignment for the week and for the rest of your life. (laughs) Persuading yourself every day, every moment of every day of who you are as a child of God. Who we are as a result of the cross. Now, either the cross paid it all or it didn't pay anything. I believe it paid it all. Either we are blessed or we're not blessed. Either we were healed or we're not healed. And it's ours for the taking. We want to apply faith to it and we're going to press in on it. But for, by all means, don't, don't talk yourself out of it. And say, don't disqualify yourself saying, well, I'm just a pestilent fellow. I'm just as a grasshopper. I'm just a mere insect compared to, to all the obstacles I see out there. Well, yeah, there's obstacles out there. That's why we call it living by faith. That's why we say, speak to the mountain and it will, it will move. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this tree, be plucked up by the root and it will obey you. That's why we call it faith. There's obstacles every day, every moment of every day. But we overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. We overcome in Jesus' name. That's who we are. That's my identity as a born-again child of God. All old stuff has been taken care of. I have a new identity. I'm under the witness protection plan. And, devil, you are not lying to me. You're not stealing from me. You're not going to deceive me from this day on. I know who I am, and I'm going to spend the rest of my days persuading myself and everyone around me of who I am. In my new identity in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. So persuade yourself in your new identity. You begin doing this by first of all becoming purpose to be a student of God's word. Read the word of God and believe the word of God. Read it and believe it. Don't just read it. So well, I'm going to read this because this is what Christians do. I'm not sure I believe it, but you know I'm going to be a good Christian, so I'm going to read it and I'm going to feel like a good Christian. Well. You probably won't feel like a good Christian if you don't believe it. Put some faith with it. Amen? When you come across a promise such as God gave to Moses, he said, go check out the land that I'm giving to you. Hey, hang on to that. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. You might have to say that over and over again. God said, I'm giving it. God said, you're giving it to me. You're giving it to me. You're giving it to me. I don't feel, I don't feel my healing yet, but God, I, I believe you gave it to me. I believe you gave it to me. I believe you gave it to me. I'm going to be walking in it. I am walking in it in Jesus' name. I am persuading myself. I am persuading myself. Other people might say, well, you're just talking foolish stuff. Well, it may be foolish to you, but to me, I am persuading myself that I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am chosen. I am highly favored in Jesus' name. Amen. Be a student of the Word of God. Highlight the promises of God's Word and claim them as your own. And then when you do that, when you, and you fold, your, you fold the Word, and, you, and you, you go about your day, meditate. Everyone say meditate. Meditate, meditate on the Word day and night. Day and night, just continue to meditate on it. Think on it and just be rehearsing it in your mind. And even if you have the ability to, to be articulating it and, and just speaking and meditating on the promises of God's word. And then worship the Lord. Be a worshiper of God. And I've mentioned earlier the, 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 the lyrics of many or of, of the recent worship songs the last several years that have been coming out. You'll notice that a lot of the lyrics have to do with uh, our identity of who we are in Christ. I mentioned last Sunday Lauren Daigle's new song titled You Say, You Say. I mean, just powerful lyrics. And even when I don't feel loved, you know, you say I am loved. And and just going, just everything along that same line. Meditate on the word of God. Be a student of the word, meditate the word, and then be a worshiper of God. Just keep worship music going and listen to it and, 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 and rehearse it in your mind and just keep singing. Other people may say, well, pastor, you shouldn't be singing. I probably shouldn't be singing with a microphone trying to lead worship, but bless God, I can sing and I can persuade myself. When I sing to myself, <laughs> I'm persuading myself never to go public with it. And I'm persuading myself to stay under the witness protection plane and, and, and stick with meditating and reading. It works a whole lot better. But some of y'all can sing, so go ahead and sing on. Amen. But remind yourself, persuade yourself of who you are. That's what I want you to leave here today with, it. you're going to persuade yourself. Students, persuade yourself that God is for you. He's not against you. He really loves you. He has a plan for your life. And he's given, he's, he's given everything for your life. And it's really, it's a powerful plan. It's a good plan. I had to be persuaded of that as a young person. I, I thought being a Christian was boring. And to get involved in serving in a church was even more boring to become a minister in the church was even more boring. I don't know how you can become more boring than boring, but you know, I just—my dad used to say, "Remind me to conduct myself in a in a good manner. That in the event I ever become a minister, I'd have a good reputation." I was just like, "Oh my gosh, please don't ever let that happen! Don't ever <laughs> let that happen! I don't want to become a minister. I don't want to be a minister. It's such a boring, boring, boring life." I just completely bored myself again, so I'm going to close. (laughs) But it's not boring. Living for God is exciting. It can be very adventurous. Persuade yourself that first and foremost, God is passionate about you. God loves you. He cares for you, and he's given his everything for you. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your amazing love. Thank you for forgiving us, Lord God, of all of our sin. Thank you for your loving kindness. And Lord, we thank you uh, for the greatest gift of all, Lord God, the gift of eternal life, that we are forever with you. That, Lord God, even in death, we're not separated from you, but we are eternally with you and with our loved ones in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let's just pray this together. If you never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to pray this with us this morning. And pray it from your heart. The Bible teaches that when you believe in your heart that Jesus is God's son, and you believe that he died and that God, again, raised him up on the third day. If you believe this in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, it says it leads to salvation. What you believe and what you say leads to the gift of eternal life. So if you've never done that before, we're all going to pray this together. And for some of you, this may be the very first time that you're praying it from your heart. But pray it from your heart. You believe it. Don't allow anything to talk you out of it. Be persuaded today that God loves you and God wants you forever with him in eternity. Be persuaded of that. He really does. Let's say it together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart that He came from heaven to earth and He went to the cross, shed His blood to cleanse me of all my sin. I believe this. I believe that he was buried, but on the third day, you raised him up to newness of life. I confess with my mouth, declaring that I believe with my heart that Jesus is now Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making all things brand new. Thank you for bringing me into the witness protection plan. I have a brand new identity from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.